0: This is John Beethan with Alternative Health Tools Podcast, and this is episode number 31, titled, From Shame to Shine, Flip Your Flaws, also subtitled, Fierce Determination. The show is recorded with Renee Aria. Do yourself a favor, at the end of the show, go to alternativehealthtools.com and check out her website and also Facebook page. They're all simply beautiful and clearly express who she is. Call it out for what it is. What if I share all of myself in front of people instead of trying to hide this part of myself that I think is shameful? And that was the best decision that I've ever made in my life because I got to see that through the just very direct sharing of my flaw that other people started crying I feel like my story for me has really served this wonderful purpose of allowing other people to see that flaws are not defects and they're not something to be ashamed of, but they actually connect us to our uniqueness and to our grandest sense of sincerity in the world.
1: This is Alternative Health Tools and I'm Lisa Thorpe and today I'm very happy to welcome Renee Aria. Renee, welcome. How are you?
0: I'm so great. Well, I get the blessing of looking at you in person here. So I'm doing very wonderful. Thank you for having me.
1: Ditto, it's it's amazing to have you here. You're an inspiration and I was so glad that you reached out to me recently. Mm to reconnect and that it brought us uh to be able to talk about your journey uh in health and wellness and i'm just gonna zip it and let you (laughs) tell our listeners uh about about your story
0: Oh, my goodness. It's, um, well, we all have our stories, and we all have our journeys, right? Um, Mine has been pretty intense. And if I just look at it, you know, through the lens of my health, I think that's probably the best thing that we could focus on today, just for the sake of specificity. And also how, you know, of course, I originally got connected with you, Lisa. So In my late teens, I started developing all kinds of really strange symptoms. I had a lot of digestive problems. I had skin breakouts. And I was living in the Midwest. I was born and raised in Indiana. And I remember my mom taking me to a gastroenterologist when I was around 19 years old. And I remember asking my doctor at the time, do you think that my diet has anything to do with the digestive problems that I'm having? And they said, oh no. <laughs> like, no, of course not. And I said, well, do you think maybe I should be eating more vegetables? No, no, no. You know, just go on this medication. And I, you know, I was kind of living in a in a box being there in the Midwest. And I, I went about my late teen years and my early 20s, you know, just taking medication for things that came up. Luckily, I moved out to California, to San Diego, um, when I was almost 21, and I got introduced to all kinds of things in the alternative health healing world. And I kind of got obsessed, but in a, in a good and in a very positive way. I became extremely passionate about health. So I started studying about nutrition. I got certified in Pilates. And then I actually started learning about other healing arts like meditation and NLP and hypnosis. So by the the time I was 23, I had kind of taken this epic journey that had been based on living, um, I would say, not to judge myself, but a little bit more on the superficial levels of life, like all of my confidence and everything was really... you were in your early 20s. Yeah, I was in my I early mean, 20s. It was really based on, you know, like the outside world. But when I got introduced to some of these deeper philosophies with um, with meditation and healing arts, I really started to learn about myself. And I got off all the medications that I was on. Um, I actually became a healing arts practitioner in NLP hypnosis and energy healing work. And um, also throughout my 20s, I went back to modeling. And I forgot to mention that when I was living in Indiana, when I was 12 years old, I was obsessed with supermodels. And I was obsessed with this idea of being on the runway and fashion modeling. So in my younger, younger years, I did as much as I could with like random jobs that, that would come into the Midwest. But you know, I kind of left it for quite a while. But by the time I was in my mid 20s, and going into my late 20s, I had moved to LA. And I was doing my energy healing work and I was also a model. So I mentioned a a moment ago that I kind of became obsessed with meditation and healing arts and a part of my practice was to journal every day. Um, Have you ever done the artist way? Do you know much about Julia? I'm familiar with it. Julia Cameron is just absolutely one of my like heroines of the world and she suggests that every day when you wake up that you freehand journal three Pages. Now, this doesn't mean that you're sitting down and you're actually trying to write a book or you're trying to write poetry. It really is free flowing anything that comes off the top of your head. And I had done this practice from probably age 22. And at the time that I'm referring to right now, I was 29. So I'm writing messages in my journal. And one day I get this message that says, Renee, you are going to die very soon, if you do not figure out what's going on with you.
1: Wow.
0: And uh, yeah, and you know, so I'm free flowing, and I stop after I write this. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm I'm not supposed to stop because I'm not supposed to analyze what I'm writing. But what the heck was that? I kind of just put it aside. You know, I thought, I don't know, maybe I'm having fear come up. Maybe I'm kind of depressed, and I didn't know it. But Lisa, the thing was, is that every day for several days, I kept journaling something similar in my notebook. So I got up courage. I didn't actually have health insurance at the time. I went to, I think I went to the emergency room is where I went first. And they they were like, you know, what are you talking about? You don't have any symptoms. Bear in mind, I was modeling at the time and I was in my 20s. So I like, I looked extraordinarily healthy. So I kind of did that, you know, one time I didn't get a good response from doctors, but I still kept writing messages. So I, I just went to every specialist, really, that I could think of. And three months into the journey, I was labeled a hypochondriac because no one could figure out anything going on with me. But I still kept getting these messages. And by this point in time, because of the history that I had built up from my journaling and from my meditation practice, I knew that my intuition was speaking to me. I knew my intuition was speaking to me. So finally, I got to the right doctor at the right time, and he did this whole specialty-ordered um, brain MRI. And I get a call from the office saying, you need to come in tomorrow morning. So I drove myself by myself to his office, and I just remember clear as day. This will probably always be just so poignantly etched in my memory. I look, I was standing in front of the X-ray machine, and he turns it on, and I see my head with a huge tumor in it. And it was so big that my brainstem—I mean, our brainstems are supposed to be just you know upright, vertical—and my brainstem was on a C curve. And I'm just kind of staring at it, and I'm stunned, and I'm—I sho- can't even cry because I, I'm honestly so stunned and so shocked. And he said, this is a very rare form of brain tumor, and it grows super slowly. So the odds are this tumor has probably been growing for almost 15 years. You're going to need to get emergency surgery. I can't believe you have no symptoms. Like normally a person would be deaf, and that year by now they would be experiencing a ton of different paralysis. They would be dizzy. They would have headaches. I had none of those symptoms, just my intuition telling me that something was going on. So it was, um, it was a lot to sit with. And I remember I didn't even actually tell my family, I think it was like a day or so because I was just trying to let it think sink in. And I really wanted to get clear about what my choice was around this, because I was such a believer in, in natural healing, right, and in healing the body on my own. And I'd seen so many good results with that. But as I sunk into it, and as I meditated about it, I really got the message that my body would have healed itself, you know, on its own, if it was going to from something like this. And I really did determine that I needed to get the emergency surgery that they had suggested. So call my family, obviously, they're all devastated. And um, I I did a pretty good job just kind of spiritually surrendering to it. And I thought, you know, if this is happening, it must be happening for a reason. And whatever happens, I'm just going to use it for my best empowerment. So I go into surgery, and I get my head shaved, you know, on one side, they have to cut the head open from the side. And I knew automatically that when I woke up from the surgery, I was going to be 100% deaf in my right ear. I also knew that I was going to be losing my nerve of balance, and I would have to teach myself, you know, to to walk again. I mean, I, I had some muscle memory, but I knew that I would have to, like, remind myself and teach myself to walk again. What I didn't expect was When I was being wheeled down the corridor, um, right after surgery, I kind of, in a very lucid state, I opened my eyes and I heard one of my friends tell me, the surgery was supposed to be seven hours, it ended up being like something like over 10 hours, and I'm sorry, but something went wrong. And that was all I remember. I kind of drifted back off into the anesthesia, you know, and and into sleep. And then a couple days later, I got wheeled up to my hospital room, and my doctor came in with tears in his eyes and said, Renee, I don't really think you know, you know, what's going on because you've been under, like, all the anesthesia and, you know, your head's wrapped and everything, but I need to let you know that you have an eye patch that's on your eye. And the reason it's there is because when we went in to take out the tumor, It had been there for so long and it was so aggressive that the only thing holding your facial nerve together was the tumor. So when we took the tumor out, your facial nerve entirely came apart. So your face is 100% paralyzed on the right-hand side.
1: What did you think in that moment?
0: (laughs) Oh, an expletive word. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was, well, I'll definitely say that I was more shocked than I was when I got the original diagnosis of the brain tumor. And I think really the reason that I was so shocked is because I went into the surgery so surrendered. You know, I just, I felt so much grace and I felt so much trust that I kind of just assumed that because I felt the grace and trust that I was just going to be, you know, protected by angels and that, you know, I would wake up and go on with this beautiful life and that I would, you know, have no tumor. And in that moment I just got, "Oh. Okay, so now the real work is going to begin." And, you know, I also knew from my experience in, you know, healing myself from other things and also working with other healing clients that those moments are the crossroad moments of your life. And there was one of two ways this was going to go. So I could either choose to be in action towards what I wanted. So I could exercise, you know, my right to choose and have a possibility of getting the results that I wanted. Or I could just throw in the towel and say, Okay, well, you know, this happened, and I could become a victim about it, and I could spiral, you know, into much more pain and much more depression. Um, luckily, I'm an optimist. <laughs> you know, I'm an optimist, and I'm also very ambitious, and you know, I will take on a challenge, um, even though I knew it was going to require, you know, a lot of bravery, and probably was going to have a lot of ups and ups and downs. Um, I looked at him and said. I have no idea how this is going to heal, but I am gonna heal my face and I'm giving myself six months to make this happen. That's a lot of confidence. Well, I don't think that I was confident, but I think this voice that came out of me call it um, call it complete naivete or just pure optimism or call it that I was connected to my higher self. You know, I was connected to some deeper truth. But when the voice came through, I kind of felt like it jolted me. And it really woke me up from the inside out. And it just it steered me in that direction. Okay, wow, that did come out. You know, it it was almost like a divination like, okay, this is the direction that I'm choosing, and I'm just going to go for it. So it was um, it was a pretty epic journey because I didn't have health insurance. I actually had to – it's a very long story. I won't sh- share the details, but just to say I ended up living on people's sofas as i was re- teaching myself to walk again as i was recovering you know from the brain surgery and as i was also you know it- taking on this endeavor of healing my facial nerve i had to go to court for this whole thing to get back money from my surgery it was really really intense so basically my point is is that when when you are in such an intense Situation, and when you have such big goals that you want to create, it is so important that you are impeccable about your environment. You are impeccable about what goes into your body. You are impeccable with um, the physical environments that you're in. You are impeccable with the company that you're keeping right. So, you know, I was completely up on the supplementation. I was on shark oils to help heal my brain. I was on, you know, neurological repair supplements. Um, I was being prayed for, you know, by many different groups of people. I just really did everything that I could, Lisa. But, you know, here's the thing even though i was employing a lot of visualization, you know, techniques. i mean, i was doing vision boards, i was journaling, i was creative creatively visualizing my nerve growing back together and all these things. i really really had to put in the downright hard work and perseverance to heal myself and what that looked like was standing in front of the mirror every day, and I would talk to the right side of my face. I would ask it to mirror the left side of my face, and I would just send energy, and I would send love, and I would send healing to the right side of my face every day, multiple times a day. And girl, it was tough. <laughs> I mean, there were some days I was standing there, and I it, w- it had been weeks, it had been months, and nothing was happening, but I, you know, I stayed with it. I really stayed with it. And then one day I got a teeny tiny spark. It was teeny. It was tiny, but it was a spark.
1: And how long between nothing to where you are now passed?
0: Yeah. Well, what happened in my case? Well, I had surgery in 2004. So the the brain surgery for me has been, you know, nearly 10 years ago. Um the healing that I had from 0% functionality to about 60% functionality, which is what I have currently right now, that was within a 6-month time period. That's amazing. So the yeah, I it physically wise, emotionally wise, everything, it was quite amazing. I mean, the doctors did tell me they were very supportive of me. I just want to share on behalf of my surgeons, they were extremely supportive of me, but they let me know that it actually wasn't physically possible for a nerve to regrow itself within a six month time period that it would take at least 18 months. And these all of these other things that I wanted to create with my face moving again would probably be very few and far between, you know, possibility that it could happen. But it did, for whatever reason for me, my nerve did grow back together 60% in in a six-month time period.
1: Now, fast forward, you yeah. you now, obviously, you still have some yes. paralysis. Yes. And, but yet your your career was
0: modeling. Yes. How, how does that work out? That's a very good question. <laughs> so... Oh my gosh. Yeah, this, this is a great story, actually. I met a gentleman when I was 23. Um, he was a photographer, and he owned um, a photographic company. So I actually took film in. I mean, if this tells you like how long ago this was when I was in my early 20s, I took film into his office to be developed. And when I went to pick up my photos, he hand- delivered them to me and said, Hello, my name is Jean, and I own this studio. And I was very taken by your photos. And I wonder if you would want to be my muse. Would you like to work together on photographic projects? And this was just a lovely gentleman. He actually used to be the photographer for the royal family. So he was extremely accomplished and we just we hit it off really well. I had been working off and on with him since I was 23 years old. I didn't see him for a pretty lengthy time period, but after I had brain surgery, I ended up reconnecting with him. He had had Bell's palsy when he was younger. So he understood everything that I was going through with my face and my facial nerve because he had lost use of one side of his face for a period of time. So he suggested to me that I get back in front of the camera even though I still had some of the facial paralysis so Lisa I'll share that that was a pretty big part you know of my recovery to through his safety allow myself to be in front of the camera again and figure out ways that I could really use my inner energy and have it come across on film and on camera despite that I had you know some other physical compromises going on that was one big part of it the other big realization for me is that you know to keep things in a perspective like I mentioned there was pretty much no possibility that I was going to recover my my face to 60% so I truly truly experienced a miracle with the healing you know that I've had with my face but of course like you just said you know, I I don't, don't look the same, you know, as I used to before I had surgery. And to be honest with you, I mean, this is just my real, like, raw truth about it. I was pretty angry for a while. I was grateful for the miracle, but... I was also very angry because I had gotten used to looking at myself, you know, for 29 years, right, in a certain way, like I had become accustomed to my own expressions and other people had had, you know, become accustomed to my expressions as well. So I went through this whole period of just feeling extremely alienated and very misunderstood, especially because that's the first thing that people relate to is our face. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's really what people see. And I don't know if you've heard ever, but the statistics about um, it's more, it's not really the words sometimes that people pay attention to. It's like the expressions and the delivery that people give of the words that they're saying. So I very much felt misunderstood. And when that started happening, I started beating myself up inside and I noticed that I was shying away from being around people. I started getting a little bit more introverted and a little bit a little bit more internal. As soon as I recognized that pattern, I thought to myself, "Oh my gosh, I'm like only in my early 30s. What I can't go I don't want to go on living my whole life like this. You know, I mean, I have a whole lifetime still ahead of me." How can I work with myself so that I can give myself the experience that I deserve of connection and of sharing myself and sharing my story in the world? So, although it took quite, you know, several years for me to get out in the world and share my story, as soon as I had that awakening that I had been shameful and I had been shying away, I started making social media videos like I full on went for it. I started getting together with groups of people and sharing the story about my flaw and pointing it out. Like, you know, whereas before I would kind of hide behind my hair and just hope that people really didn't see the 40 percent paralyzed part. (laughs) I thought, what if I just really call it out for what it is? What if I share all of myself in front of people instead of trying to hide this part of myself that I think is shameful. And that was the best decision that I've ever made in my life, ever made in my life, because I got to see that through the just very direct sharing of my flaw that other people started crying. They started coming up to me and sharing their stories of, oh my gosh, I have been hiding this. I've been hiding that. And you know, flaws, they're not always physical. There's character flaws, there's there's invisible flaws, there's relationship flaws, there's business flaws. This is not just a physical thing. You know, a flaw to me essentially equals a fear. And we all have fears and flaws being human. So I feel like my story for me has really served this wonderful purpose of allowing other people to see that flaws are not defects and they're not something to be ashamed of, but they actually connect us to our uniqueness and to our grandest sense of sincerity in the world.
1: So powerful. And this is your work now. You now speak. Yeah. You you inspire. You motivate. And you are a model.
0: Yeah, a beautiful. I, still, model. I love photos. I, it's always going to be one of one of my first loves. No, your yeah. work
1: your work is amazing. I love I love seeing uh, every new image that you post and and Thank you. and your um, TED talk style mm.
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: presentation.
0: Thank you. So, what's next? Well, that's a really good question. So I had the honor of speaking at the California Women's Conference last year, and I got approved to have a book signing there, but I didn't have a book. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, wow, okay, if this isn't the most um, unique and timely opportunity that I've ever had, I actually wrote a 50-page guidebook. And I I wrote... Had it had my cover designed and had the book printed and delivered within a seven day time period to the women's conference, so that book is actually available on my website, which I think we'll share her at the end. Um, however, I've always known that a full feature length book you know is going to be something that I want to release. so I've been working on the feature length book. Um, I do have a talk right now that I share around the world called Flip Your Flaws, and I'm also writing a one-woman show called fearless, flawless, and effing fabulous. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> because, you know, here's the thing. It's like we're never going to be flawless and we're never going to be fearless, but we surely can be fabulous, you know, throughout, throughout everything that we're doing. And um, lastly, I'm producing a series called Absolute Abundance, and that is an audio-visual meditation experience, which I'm really, really excited about. That's going to release in a couple months.
1: Well... You are amazing. Everything that you're doing, your your fierce determination, I think, um, even before everything that happened to you was there. And I think that it's unique and unusual to find in a woman. Mm. And I think beyond the story, if one other woman can find that level of determination through your story, you've just saved and helped a lot of people. And it's just yeah. such an honor to hear it and to share it, and uh, I'm excited to read the book and see the the, the one-woman show, and I can't wait to hear more. Thank you so
0: much oh, for sharing. Gosh. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for all the work that you're doing in the world. You know, you, you've really helped me a lot with the continued healing of my physical body. Well I usually take time I usually you're
1: welcome I, I try not to get into we occasionally will do a show about what I do other than the show but um, but I really wanted today to just be about you and oftentimes when we have practitioners and stuff I just want it to be about yeah. them and what they do thanks, but thank you for that I really yeah. appreciate it and um, I I I know that you're on a time schedule, but there's one question I ask everybody, yeah, absolutely, and and uh, you may have already answered it, but, okay. but let's hone in I'm on it. Listen. And and that is, if you were to recommend to people that are listening one thing that would be your number one tip, health tip, wellness tip, what would it be?
0: Mm. Or tool. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I believe that meditation is a megaphone for hearing your own personal voice and you know understanding who you are and understanding your truth So I would definitely recommend, you know, the the practice of meditation, whatever that looks like for someone, you know, meditation doesn't have to be just sitting with eyes closed, you know, someplace for 20 minutes. A a lot of people find meditation in nature walks, you know, a lot of people find meditation in painting, but whatever you're doing where you are deliberately creating space so that you can be your own friend. You know, I, I truly feel like we spend so much of our time as, as we should. We're living in a connective world, right? But we spend so much time in other friendships. You know, we, I feel as though ultimate health comes from spending at least that much time being your own friend. That's awesome. love that.
1: Renee Aria, what an amazing woman. Thank you so much for being here. This is Lisa Thorpe with Alternative Health Tools.